0: Welcome into Empty Your Queue. My name is Dustin, and with me today is Cameron. Hello. And we are talking about a film very near and dear to my heart that we discovered is turning 10 this week. Actually, today it's turning 10.
1: Uh, MacGruber.
0: MacGruber. MacGruber! Uh, SNL sketch turned movie, in my opinion. (laughs) Probably one of the greatest comedies of all time. And probably the most
1: ridiculous of comedies concepts from an snl sketch to a movie
0: absolutely i can't believe they turned of all of them three 45 second vignettes an episode into a 90 minute movie maybe if they had done his other character like the falconer there was yeah he had, forte had a lot so to give a quick rundown on what mcgruber is if you've not seen this yet it started as an snl sketch that's basically just idiot macgyver
1: yeah, it's he, a blatant ripoff of MacGyver. He's kind of an idiot, a racist,
0: a He's chownest. an idiot, and a racist, he has all sorts of issues, and he never diffuses the bomb. No, he every, fails. Every MacGruber <laughs> vignette in the show ends with the bomb exploding.
1: And it's usually due to his just incompetence. Or
0: like he asks for something really, like he'll be like, give me a push pin, give me that, give me a Tic Tac, give me that dog turd. And they're like, what? No, I'm not touching that. And then the bomb explodes and the, the, it's over. Yeah. It's like it was- super short. So they decided to make a movie out of it. Uh, It came out in 2010.
1: (laughs) and It's directed by Jorma Tacone, right? Yes. Okay. Uh,
0: One third of The Lonely Island. And uh, it's written by Will Forte? Written by Forte, uh, Jorma, and a few others. Okay. Like Forte's writing partner. And it came out, and it flopped so hard. (laughs) Yeah. I I think... That I'd imagine. I think it was out of theaters within 10 days. Like ten days to two weeks, it was already out of theaters. Really? Yeah. Jesus. It didn't. Yeah, it did not do well. (laughs) I remember it came out. I didn't see it until it came out on DVD. It came out, and I was working at the theater at the time, and like no one was seeing it, and it didn't even crack the top ten, like for the weekend report of its opening weekend. Not what? Did it break the top twenty? I think it was like top 15. Okay. And they were like, yeah, it made uh, $800,000. Like something like that. Like some crazy (laughs) low amount of money. What is the
1: budget on this film?
0: Uh, The budget, I believe, was like 10 to 15 million. Yeah. Okay. No dollar, Like a thousand. It was. Yeah. So, okay. It was a pretty
1: decent budget. So Okay.
0: So it was a $10 million budget. And worldwide, in the course of its theatrical run, it made nine million dollars. Okay, it almost did it. It almost broke <sighs> even. Uh, so anyway, it was a huge, huge flop when it released. And <laughs> yes, in and out of theaters quick. But it's become like one of the, like the biggest cult comedies of the last. It has ten years. Yeah. Well, it's funny because up until I met, I mean, you, I love it. Up until I met you, um, or I should put it this way: you were the. The third person I know that actually owns this movie. Yeah. Me and my friend that I saw it with in theaters are the only other two people I've ever met that own this movie.
1: Oh, I love the sketch on SNL. Like, Forte, was, I was a big fan of when he was on SNL. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, in that, in that Forte loop. So,
0: <laughs> so because I could probably sit here and rant on this movie for like an hour and a half easy... I'm going to try to keep it concise and
1: just recite the entire movie line yeah, pretty, for line.
0: Pretty much. Um so to to avoid that and to spare the the people that we're going <laughs> to try to do something a little different. So I'm going to run down the movie and then we're going to try to do it like through like just like different different thoughts and questions but try to categorize them a bit more so it's a little bit more organized to kind of see how that goes. Yeah. I take it away, boss. So so the film, the Magruber movie is about uh MacGruber has to come out of retirement to stop his arch nemesis Dieter von Kampf, played by the electric Val Kilmer, uh, with straight-faced seriousness that must have been playing
1: a Blofeld-esque type character. He's
0: yeah, he's like every evil villain in those like eighties, nineties action movies. Yeah, uh, this movie is just a giant like, love letter to those eighties, nineties action movies.
1: Yeah, like things like Under Siege. And uh, lionheart, yeah, un- 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 <laughs> uh, under <Man>. siege, <laughs> hard to kill, yeah, um, like all that. Every pretty much all that. The and the yeah. Anything starting Dolph Lundgren in 1988.
0: So, so Kilmer as Dieter von Kampf he steals nuclear warheads in Bosnia, <laughs> and yeah. they go get Magruber out of retirement, and Magruber has to assemble a team and save the day. And that's like the straightforward, most generic way to put it. It's like Predator, but like not Predator. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) there's a team that's assembled. It's action like
0: it's all. Yeah, it's it's, you know, it it connects
1: the expendables.
0: That's kind of more. Yeah, it's kind of more what I was thinking watching it this last time. So I guess the first question I'll ask you is how early into this the first time you watched it, were you like, okay, this might be the funniest thing I've ever seen? Like, this is pretty good.
1: (laughs) Uh you know it was pretty pretty early on uh mainly around the point where Chris Jericho and all those dudes came together <laughs> to form said team mm-hmm. it was around the end result of all that
0: right that i was like oh okay i get
1: what we're playing with here
0: so for me especially rewatching it now i think it is as early as the opening credits montage because it's got him playing saxophone in a tree, he's welding thumbtacks like in a in a like smelting area, like yeah. like you would typically have the montage of the hero getting ready. He's very
1: Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon.
0: He's yeah, and they have a a montage where they have his passports, like all his different identities, but every picture is the same picture, and just some he's got sunglasses and some he doesn't, <laughs> and his name is MacGruber on every one of them. And so, I think, like, early on... So, when I went... I went and saw this in theaters because I was like, how could it possibly be this bad? Like, it has to be. There's no way it's this bad. You went in
1: with a negative thought to it? No,
0: I went in, like, let's see what this is about. Okay,
1: okay. And I went
0: it. in the middle of the day, like, the probably the Tuesday or Wednesday after it came out. I went with my friend, and we walked in. We were the only two people in the theater, and we were like, oh, all right, well, let's see how this goes. And... Believe me when I say it, we probably laughed so hard we cried 90% of the runtime. We ended up actually going back and seeing it again because we missed some of the things because we were <laughs> laughing so hard, yeah. even though it was just the two of us. So
1: you were like one fifth the total contribution to the. No, because I worked at the theater,
0: so I got them for free. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's so even worse. Even worse. Um, so there's a couple of things that the movie does recurring. Um, every time something explodes, there's a jaguar growl. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Every time something... So that kind of got me thinking about like, what's the best recurring bit in this movie. So I have the jaguar growl. The growl. I have Magruber saying, time to go pound some cunt. Pound is, some cunt is my favorite. Which, and then I have Magruber with the license plate oh yeah because there. so in the later in the movie there's a car that cuts him off yeah and he gets all pissed and he's like you son and he looks and he sees the <laughs> license plate number and he just repeats it over and over to himself and they bring it up a few more times throughout the movie like like <laughs> demented the- like you can see he's clearly like lost his mind about the like he has a vendetta
1: <laughs> against this person that cut him off i know this i know this as a personal feeling sometimes where you, someone does cut you off in such a angry manner in such a shitty way and you just want to look at their license plate and then follow them and just get their information and take care of some business later
0: KFBR 392
1: <laughs> yeah they find a book like a journal filled with that it says like MacGruber's like,
0: plans yeah and, like it's like plans number one <laughs> it just says number one and number one is blank because you got no notes on the plan but when he flips the page, it's just KF KFBR392 in like 80 different fonts like the shining typewriter. Yeah, and it, <laughs> yeah,
1: essentially it's uh, that scene where you discover all play all work and no play make Jack a dull boy.
0: So so like you said before, he he rounds up a team of his former team. Everyone thought he was dead. He faked his death and he's been presumed dead for 10 years. Yes. And they bring him out of retirement to to take down his arch nemesis, Dieter von Kant. Dieter von
1: Kant, played by Val Kilmer.
0: <laughs> yes, Academy Award-nominated actor Val Kilmer,
1: who's pretty goddamn good in this movie.
0: He's incredible. Electric yeah. only begins to describe it.
1: Probably his last awesome. Per- well, I don't. I never saw the Mark Twain thing that he did. Yeah, I know. I
0: heard good things about that but, too. So I don't. I don't know if it was like his last great performance per se. So he he goes to assemble his team and he assembles. He's like, I got to get the crew together. And like, you're like, man, this guy's such a such an inept guy. Like, I can't wait to see what this team looks like. And it ends up being a ton of professional. It's Chris wrestlers. Jericho,
1: the great Colly, Mark, Mark Henry, Henry MVP, P, the big show, Kane
0: and the big show. But
1: the big show like makes out with a dude. Yeah. So he goes and, and he, he the- just bails. Yeah. <laughs> He's got Which the is list. super
0: homophobic, but, they, you know, that's MacGruber. They do he's the montage. He's super, super homophobic, kind He's a terrible person. Yeah, McGruber's awful. They do the whole montage where it's like he's crossing the names off the list as he recruits them. He's like actual
1: James Bond, like what Ian Fleming, <laughs> Fleming actually was, but like in the body of Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, Riggs from yeah. Lethal Weapon.
0: So he assembles this dream team, and... He's like, all right, here we go. He goes back to the Colonel, who is played by Powers Booth. Um,
1: and the dream team, he's like, it's, it's, he's assembling them a different, then they're, they're like, one of them's in a chop shop, which I think is uh, Chris is, Jericho. Chris, uh, Chris Jericho's in a gym. Oh, yeah. Jericho's in a gym. And that, that scene is pretty, what is it? Uh, uh, oh, we'll get there. We'll, okay. We'll get there. Don't okay. worry. So
0: he goes to Chris Jericho. Mark Henry's on a construction site. Uh, MVP is begging for change and to recruit him he just sticks a grenade in the cup he's handing out (laughs) it's very A-team-esque oh yeah Kane is at a shooting range and he's shooting the target and then MacGruber comes out from behind the target like he's just been there the whole time and then Big Show's at the auto body shop so he assembles his team he's got his A-plus team and he's telling (laughs)
1: MacGruber's like a racist homophobic face man from the <laughs> A- <team. And> he's <laughs> <laughs> I'm just realizing this. <laughs>
0: he's the nah, He's he's more Hannibal. He's got the plan. Yeah, I guess misogynistic racist. <laughs> he's both Hannibal and Face Man crammed together, along with MacGyver. Yeah, and so he he goes to Powers' booth as Colonel and. and at this point, we meet uh, Ryan Felipe, who or Philippe, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Felipe. Felipe. I believe maybe. It's I think Felipe. Felipe, but I don't know. Ryan Felipe. So uh, back in the nineties,
1: I heard Felipe on okay. like Entertainment Tonight and shit. But I could be wrong. Maybe it changed.
0: And that's like the rookie recruit. That's like the colonel's new new recruit. Who he's like, take him with you. Take him with. And they just don't like each other right away.
1: Yeah, that is uh, he. <laughs> Like Chris Rock in Lethal Weapon 4. I just keep going back to Lethal Weapon 4. (laughs) Or Lethal Weapon in general. Lethal Weapon the series. Yeah, because the way he acts in it is very Riggs-ish. But it's very Chris Rock's character under uh, Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon 4.
0: So he he goes to them and he's like, the colonel's like, one last time, please. Can you take Piper with you? Can you take Philippe with you? And he's Teach like, him the ropes. And he's like, no, I don't have room because I've got an A plus team of badasses and mercenaries <laughs> in that van over there. And the trunk is full because I packed it <laughs> no. with 10 pounds of homemade C4 plastic explosive that I made with my own two. And the van explodes. And
1: <laughs> probably the funniest scene in the movie. I
0: think I, I
1: outside of Ryan Felipe dance around with a piece of celery in his ass.
0: I think I <laughs> fell out of my chair. <laughs> laughing when I yeah. saw this the first time. Because, that scene is fucking hilarious. Because he runs back, and the way he <laughs> screams, like, oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Guys! Guys! <laughs> Guys! <laughs> so they're like, okay, you've suffered a terrible tragedy. You're off the case. And he's like, hell no. I have to get him now. Like This, this is even worse. <laughs>
1: and- <laughs> he's so shattered by his
0: friends blow- <laughs> blowing up in that van, and it's so great. So... He's like, I have to go get him now. And he convinces he convinces Piper to join him and they recruit his other former teammate, Vicky San Elmo, who is played by Kristen Wig, yeah. who is actually the only character from the, the Pre bridesmaid, right? Pre bridesmaids, pre yeah, pre all of that. She's the um, the first one to or she's the only one from the, the actual SNL shorts to be in the movie. Like she's with him in every sketch. Well, because
1: sketch. the yeah, because every sketch is him and her, and then, and like, then like the, the celeb guest yeah. was yeah.
0: So uh, they recruit her, and the three of them are like, "All right, now we have to go take down Cunth." And the rest of the movie is them just being like, "How how is everything you do we so stupid?"
1: Pound some Cunth.
0: How is everything you do so stupid? so okay so that leads me to to the best thing. felipe well because mcgruber
1: fucks up everything at every turn and yeah. felipe is like what the fuck dude like what you are can't you doing? keep doing this we, we <laughs> and uh vicky right vicky st elmo vicky st elmo is like you gotta do it mcgruber and she's just she's all positive reinforcement for every shitty action that mcgruber takes But oh, you know what throughout this movie
0: i don't think we actually picked a picked a winner on best recurring gag oh i it's had jaguar gag pound some conf uh uh kfbr 392 <laughs> and then the blau radio Oh, the radio that he carries around? He pops the Blaupunkt out of his car every time he parks anywhere, and then just carries it around with him for the entire scene. Yeah. I think that's my choice, because I, I laugh and quote the Blaupunkt I think more than anything.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I really enjoy that pound some cunt.
0: Okay, so so you already said that the uh, the van exploding is probably the funniest scene? Yeah. I have a couple other scenes that I think are pretty good, uh, and like I said.
1: And then second is Ryan Felipe dancing around with celery hanging so, out of his so there's ass.
0: that there's the van exploding there's the first time mcgruber does the celery trick yeah there's um the coffee <laughs> shop scene where they send vicky in disguised as mcgruber
1: oh yeah
0: and like that whole scene top to bottom <laughs> like he, they send her in and they're like all right vicky we're gonna be right around the corner and he's like yeah 16 blocks away and she's like what and he's like well I, we couldn't find parking anywhere else it's <laughs> okay we're, we're right around the corner and they send her in disguised as him in and case people come to kill. Right? No, the van that they're in gets shot up. Oh, yeah. And she has the earpiece in and hears it and thinks they're dying. So she drops on the floor in the middle of the coffee shop. <laughs> but it also has like he tells her to act like magruber And so he's like, she's like, can I get a large chai? And he's like, no, magruber doesn't order chais. You get a Tazo tea. And they're like, actually, can I get a Tazo tea? And they go, yeah, sure. What's your name? And he goes, I'll let you do this. She's like, uh, uh, it's, it's MacGruber. And he's like, yeah, good job, Vicky. Nice work. Like she puts a tip in the tip jar and he's like, "Uh." oh
1: yeah, he's kind of misogynist too.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's like, uh, nope, take that tip back. MacGruber don't tip. And she has to stick her hand in the jar while the guy, the barista is just looking at her. Like, what what do you like? Why would you do this? Why would you take the tip out of the, and it's just so uncomfortable. Yes. MacGruber and the way MacGruber is. He's just an uncomfortable man. He's just yeah. He's he's unstoppable, and it's one of those movies where I just laughed about it. Basically, like every time I watch it, I laugh almost so hard that I cry at something. <laughs> it
1: uh, yeah, because it's nonstop.
0: I, it, it's it's literally like, and I know this movie like has since found a pretty cult following. Like we were gonna go to, they were gonna do like a screening of it with a Q and A with like some of the cast and crew and it got canceled because of the Rona. But like, cause of these, uh, it sold out in less than two hours. I think certain times it sold out in like two hours. I remember I, we got the tickets and we were like,
1: I was pretty stoked for it. We were
0: like, yeah, uh, there's only these places left to sit because it's already sold out. And it's been like 10 minutes <laughs> and like the, the whole thing was completely sold. So like there is an audience there, but like, if you haven't seen it, and you, like, just just believe, like, oh, it's probably pretty stupid. It's, it, it is pretty stupid humor.
1: Oh, it's ridiculous.
0: It is. But things happen so fast and everyone is so committed to it that it's just absur- It's just funny. Like, I put it in the same type of, like, I can't really say zaniness, but, like, it's just, like, as absurd as, like airplane would be or like naked gun. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. that type of like absurd over the top. It has,
1: it has a classicness to it, if you will, not like a, like quintessential classicness to it, but like mm-hmm. a, a, a retro feel from a time like the seventies when it's a more outlandish over the top humor, kind of slapstick, mm-hmm. um, but very dark and fucked up at its core with things like ghost sex and you know your friends blowing up in a van so and uh you know just being kind of a piece of shit so <laughs> to speaking, everyone around you, speaking of dressing like it's nineteen eighty four but
0: nineteen ninety two at the same time speaking of the ghost <laughs> sex so he goes to the cemetery. Because him and Vicky, so you find out his wife died. Yeah. You find out the whole reason he wants to kill Cunth is because Kunth killed his wife. Blew
1: up his fucking
0: wife. And there had, there's a scene where him, <laughs> like, and, him, ble- him and Philippe are, are having a beer and they're talking afterwards. And he's like, why don't you go get with Vicky, man? She's obviously super into you. And he's like, I can't. I took a vow when my wife died. And he goes, what? Yeah, what happened? And I wrote it down because I forgot this. He he goes, what happened? Why did Kunth do it? And McGruber goes, I have no idea. We were all very close friends in college. And after graduation, he got engaged to her and asked me to be his best man. Around that time, I started banging her. She <laughs> left him for me and was actually carrying his child at the time. So I asked her to terminate it, obviously, so we could start fresh. And she agreed. We were so in love. And he took that from me. <laughs> Holy shit. I never paid attention to that. And Felipe is, wow. like, is like, what? He's like, yeah, he's like, "Wait, we're doing all this? What?" He's like, I think he even says, "That's that's pretty messed up, man." And McGruber's like, "I know, yeah, we need to get <laughs> <Knowing> him." that, <laughs> holy shit, I forgot that. And he no, creates Kumpf because essentially he creates his own ne- nemesis. He, yeah, so he—he's he, the bad guy. <laughs> so him and Vicky finally get together, and he goes. To talk to the ghost, to the cemetery, he goes to the cemetery to visit his wife's grave. Yes. And to be like, look, this happened. I'm really sorry. And the wife... Wait, his wife is played by... Uh, Maya Rudolph.
1: Yeah, so there's another SNL alumnus and, and in so this, outside of...
0: Her ghost visits him, and it's still in the wedding dress. She's still just in the wedding dress. Yes.
1: From, She's just... Because she gets blown up she on the wedding gets blown up at day. the wedding. He
0: blows... And, like, it's a bomb that's in the Bible that the priest is reading but the bomb only blows up Maya Rudolph.
1: And it's, she just sprays all over the front row. Yeah. They this her fake
0: blood all over Kristen Wiig. Yeah. And she's just like, uh, like covered in blood. So he goes to talk to her and he's like, look, I'm really sorry. Like this happened. I don't know. Um, and she comes to him and she's like, it's okay. You need to find peace and move on. And then he has sex with the ghost of his wife, but someone walks by like a, like a groundskeeper walks by in the cemetery and it's just naked Will Forte humping the tombstone, making a bunch of sounds like he's like, nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. like he just, <laughs> just bare. That's yeah. one thing too. There's a lot of bare ass. There's a lot of bare Will Forte ass in this movie. Like he is committed to the bit about as hard as you could possibly be committed. And I think that's part of what makes it so good too. The man wanted to show his butt. And so he he has sex with the ghost and. I got a, a personal... He has sex with the ghost. And uh, I, you I know, have a personal anecdote along. here to, to share about that. About having sex with a ghost? <laughs> no. So, yeah. so about two weeks after I saw this movie, and keep in mind, I watched it twice in a week. <laughs> what? Tell, Tell your anecdote. Okay. <laughs> so about two weeks after seeing this movie, and I saw it twice in about a week, keep in mind. I went on a date to see the movie Charlie St. Cloud with this girl, and there's a she scene, was a ghost. She was a ghost the whole time. It turned oh, out oh shit. No. So there's a scene in Charlie St. Cloud with Zac Efron. If you've not seen it, no, he goes. He's looking. I'm
1: answering for everyone.
0: <laughs> he's looking for this girl. Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of overlap on the Charlie St. Cloud MacGruber no audiences. But anyways. So he goes he's looking for this girl and he ends up in a cemetery. And Charlie St. Cloud does. Charlie St. Cloud and he finds this girl there. Okay. And he's like what what's wrong? Like what's and they talk and she's like i are on a date. I'm on a date and she's like I don't want to hurt you and he's like no it's okay and they have sex in the cemetery. In
1: the cemetery.
0: And all I could think about he meets a like,
1: random woman.
0: No, it's a girl that he's been interested in. Okay, he's and been he's talking to her. her. And oh. it's super serious. And they meet in the cemetery. It's as straightforward and serious as you could possibly like, imagine. He,
1: yeah, it's passionate sex with a ghost. With like nice soft soundtrack. A la soundtrack. ghost.
0: Exactly. And I start laughing uncontrollably because all I can think about is McGruber. It's MacGruber. Flash forward 10 minutes when I've finally stopped laughing about the Not cemetery ghost,
1: sex. Just the fucking uncomfortable sex I finally yeah,
0: I've finally stopped laughing at that. And you find out in the next scene that... The girl is actually you were with
1: was a ghost.
0: <laughs> the girl in the scene is actually stranded on like an island somewhere because a boat capsized and he had sex with her ghost. And I laughed so hard at the reveal. Wait. that She was stranded and it was a ghost.
1: Wait. So this Charlie St. Cloud movie. She's died on an island.
0: She's stranded on an island.
1: Wait, she's stranded and still alive? She's not
0: even dead. It's like astral projection. No way. Almost, where he sees her spirit.
1: Holy shit.
0: And then they have sex, and he finds out she's missing, and he's like, wait, what? Yo. And I laughed again so hard that people in the theater were shushing me. I got. Um, I worked at this theater, and I got a text from employees saying, like, hey, someone just came out and complained about someone that sounds like you laughing and being really disruptive. Can you like knock it off, or we're like you're gonna have to leave? And I was like, dude, I'm gonna get kicked out of my own theater because of MacGruber here. And suffice to say, the date did not go well. It did not last much longer after that. I, I can't think, imagine. After you're I think she, she was pretty She
1: knows we no idea. You're watching a scene where a dude is fucking a ghost, and you're like, go 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 and she you are probably not explaining why. If I couldn't, just, we were in a movie. Oh my God. So
0: I tried to explain afterwards, didn't go well, but that's just like one of those things that...
1: How long were you laughing for? The whole scene or like after the scene?
0: No, I, it was like one of those laughs where like you start and then you stop, but it's like you can't stop. Okay. So it's like, I'm trying to muffle it, but it's starting to hurt because my eyes are burning. Yeah. It was like that. It was just like, I made myself Jesus. laugh so hard that I cried because all I could think about was how similar it was to Magruber, Okay. Uh, anyways, so that's my little my little side note on that um, and she to get was back a, into the main and,
1: and you were with a ghost
0: and she was a ghost. The, the whole girl time. was a ghost. We got out. Time. and I was like, look about that. About and that. Then, laughing. Whoa, where'd she go? And it was spooky.
1: You went to the bathroom. She's like, I'll wait right here. And then you came out. And she was gone. You you started asking around. You're like, she seen what you see the girl I was with. I was with a girl like what? Girl, what are you talking about?
0: You came and saw this by yourself and then you just laughed like a jackass. Yeah,
1: me and like the staff were making it funny. You're fucking weird, man.
0: And then you laughed. And you laughed. Still a better movie than Charlie St. Cloud. Definitely. So, anyways, he he bones the ghost and he gets permission, and by the time he gets back to tell Vicky he loves her, she's been kidnapped by Kunth. And he's got to go save her. And he goes and he makes up with Felipe, who they had a falling out because he uses him as a human shield. Yeah. Felipe gets shot like 200 times in a drive-by. And Forte just hides behind him and holds him up the whole time. And he's like oh, my God, MacGruber, how did you know I was wearing a bulletproof vest? He's like, you were wearing a bulletproof vest? And he's like, what? You didn't know? And he's like, stop the And they have their big dramatic falling out. Yeah. So he goes back and he's like, hey, man, I need you. They took Vicky. Like, we got to save her. And at this point, the movie kind of flips. Like, it stays just as funny. But the whole movie, he's been talking about how he tears throats out. Like yeah. McGruber's like, I'm about two things diffusing bombs and tearing throats. And ripping throats. And everyone's like, no way. The whole time Piper is like, Yeah, I really doubt that. I yeah, no. And you're led to believe McGruber's this stumbling, bumbling inept idiot. Uh so Who when you probably saw this, doesn't
1: rip throats.
0: When you saw this movie the first time, how shocked were you when they go to get Vicky back and he rips that first throat out?
1: Oh, I am It was startling. Like, because at this point, you've been sitting through this ridiculous comedy at the levels of other SNL movies, I guess you could say as Ladies' Man or Coneheads, just really out there. Right. uh, High concept. And uh, at the point where he's literally ripping another man's throat out, it was pretty startling.
0: And it's so graphic
1: it is he rips yeah. the
0: throat you see the open throat wound and then it just sprays blood and and Felipe sells it perfectly he's like <laughs> oh my god yeah
1: man. yeah it, it shocks felipe and he like almost throws up and
0: he's like dude that's disgusting and he's like i told you i could rip throats <laughs> yeah he's like i to- i fucking showed you so they go into the compound and he goes up to the next person and he's like here and he hands them to the henchman and the henchman's like a box of oh drums. rambo
1: had come out by then the, to how, you've seen rambo oh, in 2008 why. yeah yeah because that is incredibly brutal yeah. in terms of throat ripping
0: so but yeah he goes into the, the next part of the compound and he sees a guy and he throws a box of cough drops at him and the guy's like cough drops what the hell and he goes yeah you're gonna want the whole box and he rips his Let's throat out <laughs> <laughs> and Piper's like do you have to do that every time and he's like I gotta be honest with you I want the turkey he's like the, the turkey, turkey oh it's a bowling term that I've adopted to ripping throats it's when you get three strikes in a row And so the rest of the scene, until he gets the third one, he's, like, scratching his neck (laughs) like a junkie, like he really wants to to rip a throat out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's
1: he's yearning for some throat throat churning. they, They
0: get pinned down, and they're getting shot at, and Piper's like, look, MacGruber, you can't dance with celery in your ass. You can't rip throats. Like, you need to help me and use some guns and shoot some people. It's go time. And MacGruber's like, I can't. And there's really dramatic music playing, and he's like, I can't. I don't do guns. I can't do it. And he's like, why? Why? And he goes, listen, I don't know how. (laughs) And he's like, what? And the whole scene is like made up to like you're expecting like this really like there was an accident. I can't believe I hurt this. I shot a kid like that type of thing. And instead, it's just I don't know how. And so he gives him two machine guns and goes, point and shoot. That's it. Let's go. And they clear out the the aisle. And it's just Forte shooting in the air, basically, with his arms flailing. And it's got the super dramatic action. Oh, m- yeah. Music, all the real like,
1: co- it's like a John Woo scene. It's all slow. He, <laughs> he's all- just firing into the air. It's like if you're playing Call of Duty and you don't know how to play Call of Duty and you just hold up. And shoot. And like, shoot, and yeah. yeah. You're just like, I'm going to shoot something. He cleared
0: every space sky. above all of that. Yeah. yeah. And so they they get there, and they get caught eventually, and they get dragged in, and Kunth has them, and he pulls out this pair of scissors, and he goes, we're going to take a little something from you, MacGruber. It's time to give you a makeover. And they take the scissors, and they cut off Magruber's mullet. Oh, yeah. And they all treat it as if he just got stabbed in the chest. Like, Vicky starts crying Piper's like, no. Doesn't he have like a
1: bowl cut afterwards yeah. Like
0: once it's done? He, they just cut the ponytail straight off yeah. and they hand it to Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer, in possibly the best acting of his career, puts on the ponytail and just goes, I'm oh, MacGruber, me, me, time to get pants up, can And he just says all the MacGruber quotes in like a 30-second span, dancing with the ponytail behind his head. Just mocking him. And it's just <laughs> so good because he's so committed
1: yeah, hey, Val Kilmer's given it all. Like, it, it's
0: incredible. Is this? How much effort he's given. What's your. what? Is this the best Val Kilmer performance?
1: No. There's a movie called Spartan that came out in like 2003 there's or a something. Movie I want to say. gun, is what I expected you to say? No, no. No, no, no. Say? no, dude. Spartan is Val Kilmer basically doing Man on Fire and uh, uh, Taken. Like it's there. He's like a mercenary out trying to get Lord uh, um, extraction. Like yeah, it's pretty badass. He's like this fucking hitman. Okay, so mercenary. Dude. two or
0: three then. Uh, probably four. Okay, what are the other? What three could possibly? Batman
1: Forever. Uh, okay. Top Gun, MacGruber.
0: Oh, see, I would go Top Gun, MacGruber, Batman. But then uh, I have to see Spartan, I guess.
1: Yeah. Spartan is dope. Spartan is fucking dope. Okay. That'll be a future like, episode. He's badass in
0: it. We will find that. That'll be a and future it, it's episode. Before
1: both of those, I think. Before Man on Fire. It was like in theaters for like eight days. Some was, shit like It was that. like two thousand two. I remember the previews yeah. actually. Yeah.
0: So it's yeah, you get this Tour de Forest Val Kilmer performance. It's a straightforward, like it's so so traditional 80s, 90s action movie. It follows that template to a T. Yeah. But he, it makes fun of everything. Everything. So, and like, I think that's why I love it so much is because I grew up watching those action movies.
1: Yeah, it is a very good parody of them. Better than things like Hot Shots. Or. So
0: <laughs> why do you think this flops so hard then?
1: Oh, because it was an obscure. SNL sketch during a very odd period for SNL when uh, he was on it, uh, and yeah. At the tail end of like Will Ferrell and oh, Tina Fey, kind of started to transition out. Even like Rachel Dratch and uh, uh Anna Rudolph, Gasteyer, Anna Gasteyer. all of them had kind of faded out, and there was like a new batch coming in. So they, there's always those like two years mm-hmm. where you're getting to know
0: kind of the entire cast, if you will
1: we talked about this a little bit before,
0: but would you say this is the best SNL movie? So now
1: that I've been like thinking about it, I'm like, all right, Wayne's World is definitely above this. So I, <laughs> Wayne's World is definitely above this. And I was also thinking, was like, are we just, just SNL sketches turned to movies? Yes. Okay, not things produced by Lauren Michaels. No. And like,
0: so we got to go SNL okay. sketch turned movie because I think it's the best one. I do really like Wayne's World. I'll admit that Wayne's World is probably a better movie. But for my entertainment sensibilities, yes, I watch MacGruber at least once every six months.
1: Personal list: MacGruber one, Wayne's,
0: Wayne's World, World two. two,
1: Blues Brothers three,
0: Ladies Man four, probably Ladies Man four,
1: Wayne's World two, Coneheads. then Codeheads.
0: It's Pat. I don't think I ever saw the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, probably it's Pat. And then, oh, Superstar! I forgot about Superstar. Oh
1: yeah, you got to move Superstar up there.
0: Probably four or five because of that
1: sick ass Sister Christian scene <laughs> <laughs> with I think it's Will Ferrell. Oh no, no, no! It's uh, uh the motorcycle dude in it is uh, uh yeah, Rocket Man. What's his name? Oh shit! He's also in um, Half Baked. He's not. Oh, Jim Brewer? N- he's not Jim Brewer. He's the one that goes to jail for Oof. giving the horse.
0: Going to make me look this Shit, up. Shit, I forget
1: it. What is his name? People are like screaming it right now if they're listening to this.
0: Maybe, yeah. There might be a huge superstar hive out there.
1: We might uh, flop on this one just like McGruver flop though. Harlan Williams? Harlan fucking Williams, yes.
0: Half Baked was not the movie I would have recognized him from because I haven't seen that in a while.
1: Well, my other reference was Rocket Man, but there's yeah. the movie that is about Elton John. So. I know that
0: I didn't would not have put that together. That, yeah. So, so I think this is the best one. I think it it captures all the absurdities you want from from a an SNL
1: sketch turned to a movie. Yes, and absolutely. it also
0: holds truest to what the sketch was. Yeah, oh, the, this. OK, so the sketch was
1: always so outlandish, like and you always had a celebrity guest kind of thrust into something that they seemingly were kind of uncomfortable sometimes with. Yeah. Or didn't really know how to interact with the character because it seems like Will Forte enters a different realm when he becomes MacGruber. Well,
0: <laughs> when we get there, I have a couple of things about that because it, I've. Read a couple things researching this. Where Well, now that you've run
1: down the entire movie, let's get to these things that yeah, you keep talking about. Let's, let's get, get to, to the things. So you we just keep over. talking about these things.
0: So we went over some scenes. We went over some moments and stuff. So I guess I'll start here. No, you
1: literally went through the whole movie. I know. but well, I mean, You like said we, you didn't want to go through the whole movie. And we did. And then you just did. I couldn't help I it. I knew it was going to come.
0: <laughs> so we'll go back to I, his team good. of wrestlers. So if you were building a team and you needed to pick one wrestler... One pro wrestler.
1: One wrestler. Who would
0: you pick for your team? Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Okay, why? Because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's gonna get it done. He was a badass that got everything done. Like, oh, see, I was gonna say The Rock. No, The Rock was a pretty boy little baby when he's like. He gets throughout. everything done. No, he, he was always, when he was a heel. Actually, he was you a know prima donna that We're usually was wrong. with the
0: corporation. And, we're both wrong why because it's brock lesnar
1: no oh my god hangs out in his canadian would you rather
0: fist fight brock lesnar or stone cold steve austin
1: um they're both pretty terrifying
0: i'd i like my chances more with stone cold
1: yeah hey but brock lesnar in ufc wasn't a striker as much as he was like a wrestler. Like he was a tactical wrestler. And I mean, I he went Either for way, submissions a lot.
0: I, he would probably have me in a half Nelson before. I oh, did. I'm
1: not saying I could beat Brock Lesnar, but I find. Sounds I'm, like you're
0: trying to justify why you would No, beat Brock <laughs> no. We're going to drop what a, a f- GoFundMe link in the bio for this this episode. Also, like, I don't Cameron put, versus Brock Lesnar. I don't want to put Brock Lesnar
1: in there because he's like, let's face it. He's not really like a WWE like he's just, it's just not like there's no pageantry to him. There's nothing fun about him. Like, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. If I'm going to start a team like I have Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: Yeah, that's what I need is a guy who's swilling beers when I'm trying to lay out the plan. Yes. He's just too drunk At, to follow the plan. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. All right. So so Steve, you know what you're doing, right? What? You're going to go over here, right? Whoa, outside of
1: the rock, who's just, just going to usurp you and and. Take you over and make him the king? Well, I don't know. Doesn't any, need your help?
0: Any of those wrestlers in, the, in his team could have usurped him, and they respected him pretty well. Well, so I'm assuming we're going with the same what logic. What team? The team of Mark Henry, Chris Jericho, MVP, Great Khali. Oh, oh, oh I thought you were original. talking about
1: the Nation of Domination. I was like, Farouk was the No, I'm talking leader. about our, our McGruber team. I know, and I'm saying, if you're just giving me one, I'm going to Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: And I'm going Brock Lesnar. Okay. Uh, so then another thing. Boring. <laughs> sorry. I'm here to get the mission done. I need to...
1: Fine. Start. I'll go with fucking... I've got uh, to pound some cunt. I'm no, taking to No, I'm going ch- to change it. I'm going to go with um, Jim Duggan.
0: Okay, he's, see?
1: He comes with a two-by-four.
0: And he's ready to fight. Yeah. So early on, when they go to... When the colonel goes to visit MacGruber, and he takes Piper with him, he takes Felipe with him, and... He's like, this is MacGruber. And Felipe is like, oh, I know who he is. And he rattles off all of MacGruber's accomplishments. I wrote down the accomplishments because I couldn't believe it. I had to rewind it because I did not remember this at all.
1: What are his accomplishments?
0: I'm glad you asked. Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, Green Beret, who served six tours in Desert Storm, four in Bosnia, three each in Angola, Somalia, Mozambique, Nicaragua, and Sierra Leone. Recipient of 16 Purple Hearts, three Congressional Medals of Honor, seven Presidential Medals of Bravery, and the starting tight end for the University of Texas, El Paso.
1: Wow. I <laughs> I remember that, but I did not remember that. So, But he's still a fucking inept idiot. And that's
0: the thing that Piper's like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. what? What are all these... How did you do all this then? If you're, and that's like part of maybe
1: where, MacGruber has some severe trauma throughout his career that has just reduced his brain to mush. He's just a ct like.
0: Maybe it's all in his head. Is what you're it, saying? This whole oh, movie is imagined. Oh shit! Maybe he's actually is. just sitting in, in the S- monastery some still. Loony bins where they find him. <laughs> yeah, because they find him like straight out of Ace Ventura too. Like he's yes. in a monastery meditating. Yeah, with a bunch of monks.
1: And he's supposedly dead
0: and they're like I thought you were dead and he goes and he digs it he actually has a grave and he digs up the grave and it's just his vest and his jeans and his shoes laid out and and he pours it out pulls it out in the pouring rain and screams to the sky like damn you for making me do that like it's one of those yeah. like pained screams uh so another thing that i think is so good about this movie is how quotable it is yes cuz i this is probably the movie i quote the most Okay, and so I wrote down a couple. If you think of any, let's hear them.
1: I'm terrible with lines for movies and quotes and shit. I okay, really
0: so so we'll do it this way instead. There's an exchange that Chris Jericho and MacGruber have in in their scene together that I've probably quoted. A million ta- a thousand, a million? Like, I don't know how many a times. A thousand, a million? I, I was going to say a wow. thousand. I was going to say a million. A thousand, a million. I've quoted this endless times. What fucking number is that? Is what I'm just going to leave it at. A thousand, a million. I'm going to leave it at that.
1: Kindergarten, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Quoted it a lot. Uh, do you want to go back and forth and do the exchange, or do you want me to just say it? I don't remember it. Just say it. All right. So, MacGruber and and Chris Jericho are catching up, and he's like, damn, Cr- like, Chris, I think his name <laughs> in it is Tank. He goes, damn, Tank, you're, you're looking pretty big. And he's like, yeah, well, you're looking pretty big, too, MacGruber. And MacGruber goes, yeah, well, every day's a workout when you got to carry around a 20-pound python in your jeans. And Jericho goes, oh, MacGruber, you and, and your, your dick, dick comments. And he goes, yeah, it's fun to make them. And Jericho goes, yeah, it's fun to listen. listen. <laughs> and so MacGruber goes, that's why I make them. And Jericho goes, that's why I listen. listen. And it's so serious back and forth. <laughs> oh, uh, So I have that. I have KFBR 392, I have classic MacGruber, Uh time to go pound some cunt, and then I have, there's a, a scene where MacGruber and cunt first interact, and he's like, I'm on to you cunt, I know you assembled a team of the best mercenaries and terrorists in the world, and he's like, Oh, see, you're right. That's past tense. I did assemble the greatest team of mercenaries and terrorists in the world and evil guys. But wouldn't you know it? I packed them into a lair with some homemade explosives and it blew up and killed them all. And MacGruber's like,
1: "Really? you're shitting me, Dieter, what?
0: No way. And Dieter goes, oh, wait, no, I didn't do that because I'm not a complete fucking idiot that blows up his own team. And I think that's my choice for, for best quote.
1: Yeah that that
0: that is pretty solid cunt throwing it in his face that he's a fucking idiot and the whole time he says these things and Magruber's like what are you talking about no like there's a part where he's saying he's going to frame Magruber for everything and all this terrorist activity yeah that's and what his ultimate plan is and, and he's got this manifesto that he's written that's like supposed to be Magruber and it's just a stack of notebook paper with crudely written, misspelled stuff it's all like over a it. Kindergarten
1: schoolwork. It says like for an art you America, yeah, a manifesto it, by MacGruber. And it's like drawn in crown. It's
0: all crayons and colored pencils. Yeah. And he goes, I found this manifesto that blames the whole thing on you. And MacGruber's like, What? Cunt, you have to believe me. Someone's setting me up. That's not me. I would never do that. And, I lo- and he's like, I know, you idiot. It was me. <laughs> And like, he and has to like
1: <laughs> keep over explaining and like breaking down that he's trying to set him up. And I. it's like he's been after Kunth the entire time, but doesn't realize that Kunth would be behind all would of be this. also. Ju- it's like yeah. he's so laser
0: focused on he has to avenge his wife. Yeah. That he doesn't think about anything else. He, he just, like He's like, yes, I got to stop him for this mission. But at the same time, he's so one track minded. He kind of on-
1: wants to be Kunth's friend, though. What? It's
0: like he like thinks he like there's like a respect or like, something, yeah, something, I don't know. And just the way that the two of them interplay <laughs> is really so MacGruber funny. fucked his wife. And that's what pissed off gun. <laughs> Made her get a divorce, abort their child and leave. Yep. And he's like, I don't get why he's so mad. I'm trying to kill me. Why? He took my life away from me. Um, so I did read a couple of things like I was saying before, too. And there was a story. One of the things MacGruber says a lot to Cunth is that he's going to rip his dick off and show it in his mouth. Yes. And originally in the script that was going to happen.
1: Like you'd have just have an ending scene where his dick was in his mouth.
0: I don't know. I don't know how it would have worked, but it said that they wanted to do it, but Val Kilmer said he didn't think it would be funny because he was too big of a star. He didn't think it would be funny enough. Oh, okay. And I gotta say, I think that's a that's a rare L for Kilmer on this movie. It that it's
1: Kind of her- a horrific scene, though. Like that. I don't know if you've ever uh, killed quick, someone by ripping. No, a quick side. No. If you've ever like seen cartel murder photos.
0: <laughs> no, Let's, <laughs> no. Let's leave it at that. No. Okay. So I'm just saying <laughs> what they ended up going with. So does work very well. Yeah, and it's really good. But I just I can't imagine what that scene would have been if they actually shot that mm-hmm. instead. Um,
1: I think it's good that they just kept away from putting cut off cocks and mouths.
0: Yeah. 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 So a couple other notes before we get out of here, too, is they they talked about um, how committed and how badly uh, Felipe wanted to be in this. I guess he loved the sketches on SNL. Oh, okay. And they were a little worried that he wasn't going to commit to some of the crazier things.
1: Did he ever perform in any of them? When he ho- did, he host it. I don't know. I don't think he. I don't think
0: he hosted it by the time. Yeah. Forte was there, but he was such a fan that yeah. he was like, "I got to do this. I got to be in this movie." And so they were a little worried. He said he agreed. They he agreed to everything up front. And then when like the, the day came for him to shoot the celery scene. They were like, "Oh, he's gonna back out." Like, you got like, "There's no way this like serious actor. There's no way shooter's gonna do this." Like, yeah. Why? And he did it. They said he did it, and he was a sport about it, and he did everything they wanted, and he just had a blast. And he said he thought it was important that he go in there and show them that he was committed. So he was like, "I don't want to say no to anything."
1: He grips a piece of celery with his ass and dances that's, around.
0: That's MacGruber's big trick. That's his big distraction. Yeah, the celery trick is you you take all your clothes off and you put a piece of celery in your butt and wiggle around and dance to draw everyone's attention so that everyone else can can kill him. Can escape or or kill him. Or kill him, yeah. And he's like, it works every time. But look, you want to use the long end, (laughs) the thick end, because it's going to stay in there better. And Felipe's like, I'm never, ever going to do that
1: yeah you don't want to keep
0: the uh the
1: more flowery end.
0: He's like it just slides right and, out <laughs> yeah,
1: you know you' dealing with some branches and stuff.
0: I guess at this point if we have not convinced you to watch this movie or or honored this movie enough, you probably won't. maybe it's not for you yeah, there's but a it chance. should be it is for you. It's one of those movies that like super super consistently funny. As long as you know what you're getting into. It's just joke after
1: joke after joke after joke.
0: Yeah, you'll miss something. Like, I went and saw it a second time because we were the only two people in the theater, and we still laughed so hard that we missed some of the lines.
1: Thankfully, no one was in there to complain about you.
0: Not that one, no. Thankfully. We were also the only people in the theater the second time we saw it, if that paints a picture on how how badly this did. Okay, yeah, i But I'm I'm really glad that it's kind of seemed to find this following, this cult following. And I don't know how much of it is because of Forte's success with stuff like Last Man on Earth. Yeah. And how much of it is because of The Lonely Island blew up. With um, oh, Yorma. Akiva Schaefer, Yorma Saccone, and Andy Samberg. Yeah. Because there's a chance that that blew up and people were like, I need to see everything that they've done. Yeah. And it leads them to this. And then they're like, oh my God. Because Hot Rod
1: has a pretty big cult upswing hot rod actually came
0: out two years before this
1: hot rod's fucking funny
0: hot rod is great too that would be up there for snl movies if it was a sketch like that's just one of the better movies that lauren michaels produced yeah um but it's just one of those yeah you hear movies described as cult classics and it might seem a little odd for this because it's only 10 years old but i think because it was in and out of theaters so fast well i mean
1: like evil dead 2 was a cult classic in the 90s so it only came out like maybe six years before that army of darkness i think comes out like 93 yeah
0: and that was pretty i don't know
1: why the evil dead army of darkness is my gold standard for b movies but whatever
0: (laughs) yeah i mean so if, if this sounds like your cup of tea i looked it up it's not streaming on anything but it's only three bucks oh okay. to rent it right now so it's worth it i think yeah
1: it's definitely worth a three dollar rental for sure
0: i would absolutely do that um we mostly just wanted to do this so we could talk about it uh for its 10th anniversary because it is one of our favorite movies one of our favorite comedies
1: yes yeah um, it i it's definitely uh top 10
0: maybe for me
1: yeah of just
0: comedies or all yeah, time or
1: maybe top 10 for me comedies. Okay. Like or maybe top fifteen. I'll say top fifteen.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I put it a little higher than that, but I also have a more like juvenile sense of humor when it comes to movies like this, Dumb and Dumber, Hot Rod. Oh, I hate Dumb and Dumber. Um, stuff like that. Like I enjoy. I like Hot
1: Rod, but I hate Dumb and Dumber. I love Dumb and Dumber. That fucking movie
0: sucks. So, uh, check it out. Let us know what you think of MacGruber. Let us know. Like you I didn't know,
1: curse that much on this one. <clears throat> Your so favorite. I, I really got it at the end there
0: your uh your favorite quotes favorite scenes moments stuff like that let us know what you think um either on instagram or twitter at Heiferbrew for both we also have an email address that you can send thoughts or comments or ideas to it is the movie mailbag at gmail.com uh anything else before we go
1: no just get out there pound some cunt and uh fuck some ghosts
0: and and that's it that's that's really all we can ask Get out there and pound some conf. Thank you, guys. And fuck some ghosts.